Welcome to Deeper, everybody. I'm Tony. I'm Joe. And I'm Anthony. And I am Jack. Tonight we've got a, a, an interesting topic that we're going to be discussing. Mm-hmm. It, uh, the title is, What About the Afterlife? And we might even call it The Final Frontier. Mm-hmm. I mean, what actually happens when we die? What happens in those moments after we, we die? Um, that's one of the biggest pe- questions that people are asking rightly so. I mean, you know, I mean, the Bible says in Proverbs that God has put eternity in our hearts. We were never meant to die. However, mm-hmm. our physical frames do die. And then, mm-hmm. then the people ask, what happens after you die? And this this, this death thing hovers over us like the sword of Damocles. And some people uh, believe nothing happens. It's just oblivion. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially what where atheists are coming from. Nothing happens, you know. But is that true? I mean, might there be a consciousness outside of the physical body? I even heard Elon Musk this this week discussing on a podcast about what what is thought is is does thought exist on another dimensional plane? Is that mm. the soul or whatever? So even Elon Musk is asking those kind of questions. Uh, I mean, is there a consciousness outside the physical body? Oh, and by the way, what about heaven and hell? Oh yeah, heaven and mm. hell. Today, we're going to explore uh, those questions through the lens of the Bible, yeah? Mm-hmm. Let's, go. Let's go deeper. So, uh, the afterlife, uh, the great unknown, or is it? Um, is this really the final frontier? What, what do we mean about the afterlife? So, you know, there are a lot of common experiences, and I think, Joe, you've been doing a bit of research, haven't you? Yeah, because I was looking at um, near-death experiences and what that can tell us about what's to come. Um, and th- there's loads of loads of stories out there. I don't know how true any of them are. One of them this week that I found um, that somebody came out in the paper saying that he nearly died. He was being brought back to life with um, the shock things, what yeah. they're called, yeah. defibs. Yeah, paddles. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank you. And then um, he was doing Tai Chi in his mind. Tai Chi? <laughs> yeah, just while he was being brought back to life. That was his near-death experience. That, that sort of slow-mo? Slow-mo yeah, yeah. kung fu. Oh, okay. um, and, yeah, just was willing himself to come back to life because he'd got a little granddaughter on the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, when you read about all the different things, there tends to be some commonalities, peace, a sense of love and normally bright lights. Yeah. That just tends to be. You know something? I, I just literally this last week, I met a, a, a literally an old school friend in a pub. We we just got chatting and we suddenly realised we were at the same school. We're in the same ATC squadron. We were actually on the television together restoring a glider back in the 1960s on wow. Midlands Today. And, awesome. and he said to me, well, I don't, I don't, I didn't recognise you. And I said, well, I didn't recognise you, but like you, I grew old and fat, and that's what happens when you get old. So anyway, but he said, to, we talked talking about what we've done in our lives, and he, and he said, oh, I had a heart attack, I said, hadn't me. Yeah. It was weird. Like, but not then, the same day. Not the same day. No, no. But, he, but he actually said, uh, I actually uh, had a cardiac arrest. And those very words that you just said there, he said, I, the thing that you read about, you hear about, he said, I saw the white lights. I was in total peace. And then he says, oh, he heard a voice saying, come back, come back. And I think that's when they were hitting him with the yeah. paddles, you know, mm. stay oh, stay with us, actually, stay with us. Yeah. So he was having that common experience mm. too. Mm. 
incredible. Yeah. I remember, mm. Ant, you said something about a podcast epi- episode with a story. Yeah, so I it like listening great. to the Unbelievable podcast. And I think it was the last few months they had um, a show on um, about near-death experiences and is there anything afterwards. They had a skeptic about a chap who thought there's no evidence yeah. for this and somebody mm. who had been delving into the evidence of it. I can't remember the exact details, but I definitely remember them saying there was a lady who died on the operating ta- table for a, an amount of time. It was half an hour or an hour or so. Um, and she said that she left the room and was outside the building. and She could see the roof. And she mentioned something. I think she said it was a red chair that was on the roof. Right. And this is when she re- came back to consciousness and was back. And there's no way that she could have tell or seen what was on that roof. She didn't arrive by helicopter or anything yeah. like that. She'd never seen the roof of this hospital. Yet she was able to give them these exact accurate So details. there was actually a red chair yeah, on the roof. Yeah, they went up there and looked afterwards. And there was, if it was a red chair, it was something that was she saw up there. And it was up there in the place yeah. she said. I mean, what was the... I wonder Bizarre. why it was up there. Yeah, know. that's it. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. Maybe it was so a leftover from World War II, spotting the bombers or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, but the point is, way. nobody knew it was there. No. And she flew up and saw it. Something happened after she was deemed medically dead. Oh, my goodness. It's mad. Yeah. And so there's loads of stories. And then mm-hmm. when we look in the Bible, I was having a read through to see if I could find any kind of evidence of near death experiences. Um, and there's Acts 7 where Stephen's being stoned oh, yeah. to death. It's yeah. probably one of the, there's this and there's Paul and that's kind of it really. So there's Acts 7 with Stephen and as he's being stoned to death, he says that he sees heaven, open, heaven opened up before him. Right. And so I think that kind of points to peace, light, whatever, but we don't actually Some, know what that looks like, but it's something. This life, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, where you're kind of like in a bit of both worlds. Um, and then there's Paul who... Um, he is getting stoned to death. They drag him outside of Why the... stoned to death? Yeah. You mean stoned to death, not stoned to death. <laughs> no, yeah. no, like bricked <laughs> to death. Yeah, okay. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> um, yeah. And he was in... Where did they pull him out of? Uh, Iconium. Yeah, and, I think it's yeah. yeah, and... Um, they they dragged him out so of the city. Li- thinking or list, that, was it, was or was it, it Lystra? Lystra. I, I can't remember. Anthony's looking it up. For One me. of the two. Um, but they dragged him out, thinking that he was dead yeah. and yeah. they'd stoned him to dead. But um, he wasn't. Um, and in it, he'd said that he'd seen um, heaven as well. So there's this kind of there's something that happens. Yeah, I was also reading about how they'd um, accidentally took MRI scans of somebody as they died. Yeah. And there was like a sudden explosions of like brain activity okay. um, that mimicked uh, remembering things. So like that's kind of you know when people say like your life flashes flash before your eyes, eyes. Okay. that kind of so, deal. So, but yeah, okay. yeah, it's interesting. So, so the, there's there's definitely it seems like there's definitely commonality of experiences. Mm-hmm. This light thing, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or is it just is it just a chemical shutdown of, of yeah. the brain to make the passage? From life to death, mm-hmm. e- easier on the on the soul of the person, or, or or as Elon Musk said, is, is it? I mean, what's thought? That's what Elon Musk was going on about. Mm-hmm. It exists. Does it exist in another dimension on another plane? But here's the interesting thing. I'm I'm in, I am really interested in is is that the coincidence of the same type of experience happening over and over again mm. i mean what are the probabilities of that keep on happening so that's why i'm questioning it really yeah. uh you know for the reality of thing yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so all other alternatives um 
with regards to the afterlife. What 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 about reincarnation, Anthony? You've been doing some research on this. Yeah, I have. Um, it was it was the city of Lystra that Paul was being dragged out in yeah. Acts okay. fourteen. Thank you. <laughs> That's fine. So yeah, reincarnation. Um, so yeah, I've been doing a little bit of looking into this. So the word reincarnation actually means entering flesh again in okay. Latin. Okay. So it's Excellent. quite literal there. Yeah. So there's quite a few different religions out there that have elements of this. Most of the major ones are coming out of India. So you've got your Hindu, Buddhist, Sikhism, Jainism, those type of things. Yeah. Some of the ancient Greeks believe yeah. in it as well. Yeah. And you've also got um, some sects of uh, Judaism as well. Kabbal. That are believing in this. So yeah, so yeah. in Ju- Judaism <laughs> it arrived um, in the medieval yeah. period. Um, they called it the Gilgal Nashamot, which in Hebrew means cycles of the soul. Okay. Um, it became part of the Jewish mysticism known as the Kabbalah. Oh, yeah. um, and and it's followed and by... They had the, a written book, the Zohar, I believe. Yeah, I think that was it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they, they still see right. that as a sacred text today. Okay. Um, and it's followed by the Hasidic Jews at the moment. Mm-hmm. And their idea is that you keep getting, your soul keeps getting reincarnated so that you have the opportunity to fulfill the 630 mitzvot, which are their Interesting. commandments. Mm-hmm. Did I tell you I had a friend in Los Angeles that yeah. believes I am, I, well, he refers to me as you are an ancient soul. I'm going, am I? He says, yes. He says, in fact, <laughs> I know this is crazy. He says, in fact, you were at the Dead Sea with Moses. I said, was I? He said, in fact, you were Bezalel, and you are Bezalel reincarnated. You know who Bezalel was? He was the what? guy that built the Ark, the Ark of the Covenant and the Tabernacle and all the rest of it. Are you not Jewish? I know. <laughs> and, what, and what's what's incredible as well, I'm following Yeshua. Yeah. I'm following Jesus, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, so um, and I said to him, listen, I don't think you're detecting that I'm an ancient soul at all because I don't believe that. I said, but what you are detecting is the mm. one who lives in me, Living the ancient them. of days. The Ruach HaKadesh, the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit, because that's what we, that's what we believe, isn't it? So it's a bit it of a is. difference. So no, he's definitely. Um, so, so I know you lot started sniggering when I said I'm a really ancient soul. <laughs> I know I'm old, but let's move on. <laughs> well, that's it. Well, well, the Jews believe that this predates all the religions and everything. That it, so it, it is from ancient times. Um, mm-hmm. The Indian religions tend to take a different view of reincarnation, though. They see it as the aim of their religion is to break the cycle. Of reincarnation because they see that having to go through life after life after life yeah. is a bit of a, a curse essentially and the only way you can break the cycle is by getting spiritual enlightenment or okay. living holy get to a certain level that's yeah. it get into that, yeah. that higher play in that next level which is so, what you do with sounds Buddhism. like you've got a, 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 something based on a lot of good works to me yeah well, that's it yeah, so yeah, it's okay. based yeah. on how holy you've been or how you've lived that dictates what you come as back okay. next. Oh, yeah. And they see humans as the highest level before okay. getting to nirvana, as the, the Buddhists What's call the level it. below humans? Do we know? Butterflies. Is it genuine? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 Probably chimpanzees. But that's their thoughts on reincarnation. So the idea of this reincarnation is that soul is eternal and it keeps getting recycled in one way or another, yeah. unless we break mm-hmm. it or whether we fulfill something, as you yeah. say, this works-based element. Well, of course, th- there's no way I believe that, and any of us would believe that, but people do. Mm-hmm. But is this anything in Scripture 
that that clearly says that's not right. Does anybody think of yes, something? Yes, there is. Go on. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've got Hebrews nine twenty seven. Yeah. It says it is appointed unto man once to die, and after that the judgment. I think that's pretty clear. Yeah. So yeah. So from the yeah. biblical perspective, that's pretty much a big no no. Yeah. Um, mm. But there is quite a lot of stuff in the Bible about there being life after death. Okay. I've got um, a handy website here which lists a few different examples, so I can read a few of these off. Yeah, yeah, do it. Um, so you've got this one, John five twenty four. It says, "Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life, okay. and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life." Okay. Mm-hmm. You've got John eleven twenty five. Jesus said to her, "I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die." There you go. There we go. And one more, we've got Matthew ten twenty eight. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who could destroy both soul and yes. body in hell. Okay, excellent points. So, mm-hmm. uh, Jack, you've got some as well, or a particular one? Yeah, so um, as we're talking about like near-death experiences, it's good to look at, obviously, Jesus on the cross and what Jesus said on the cross. Okay. And um, obviously, Jesus talking to the criminal on the cross, and um, he says to uh, the criminal, that um, truly, I tell you, today you'll be with me in paradise. And then I guess the question is, well, where's paradise? What's paradise? Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus says you'll be with me in paradise. But okay. what can we get from that? Um, what, what is Jesus really saying? And in my opinion, Jesus is saying there's a, there's a place after this. Actually, if you believe in me, there is eternal life and there's eternal place with God. And that that word right? paradise mm-hmm. invokes ideas to me of a place of peace and yep. bliss and eternal life, mm-hmm. uh, it all embodied in that one. It's a Greek word, but it's, it's all embodied, embodied in that one idea, isn't it? Yeah, and then obviously we, we spoke on the like, podcast before about what Jesus did during the resurrection, obviously, emptying yeah. Abraham's bosom, and it's actually yeah. a good, good, not like shot in the dark, it's not shot in the dark, it's actually a good way to say that this paradise is Abraham's bosom, right, which we yeah, can yeah, then I, I mean right. is heaven. So what, what Jesus is saying to... The criminal is saying, "You're gonna, you're gonna be with me in yeah. eternal presence with the Father." Yeah, with, and I think God. at the end of the day, wherever wherever paradise is, it's where Jesus, Jesus yeah. is or God is mm-hmm. you know, right. in His presence. I think that's mm-hmm. a good point. Yeah, yeah. So, but I'm I'm so so interested in idea the idea of um, y- you know we're told in Scripture we should we shouldn't try and contact the dead or anything like that. Obviously, we'll come on to that a bit later. Mm-hmm. That's a big big no no. You know, uh, don't mess with it. If you're listening uh, into the podcast, big piece of advice: do not mess with no. that. If you if you have been messing with it, repent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ask God yeah. to forgive you, and, and get away from it. Even just reading your stars in the newspaper, or something. Get away mm-hmm. from it. Mm-hmm. it. It's dangerous, dangerous yeah. stuff. But uh, is there any evidence in the scriptures where we see? Uh, Ha, for want of a better phrase, dead men talking. Joe, what have you got? <laughs> <laughs> dead men talking, no. Yeah, it's a bit of a um, curveball. Yeah, um, yeah. There, there is, yeah. So um, if we look at the story of the Transfiguration, so Luke 9 has it, um, amongst other places, but I'm going to go with Luke 9. Uh, and so Jesus goes up the mountain with Peter, John and James, and his face is bright his clothes become bright and there on the mountain he's having a conversation like across dimensions i suppose with moses and elijah okay um well one's been a long time dead and the other one's been a long time alive <laughs> yeah. we'll come back to that one as well yeah 
yeah so obviously moses there's lots of interesting things to go like we can go down lots of avenues here can't we because yeah. moses let's do okay moses um <laughs> died before he got into the promised land which yeah. is why it's so cool that he ends up in the promised land on this mountain which is a gracious act, uh, gift of god but he dies and then the lord buries him so nobody knows where he's buried uh, do, you, do you know the lord buries him I don't know where. It says that in the end. It says it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know where it says it, though. I haven't got the scripture. But, yeah, basically, he takes Moses up to the mountain, shows him the promised land, and then it says, and there uh, the Lord buried Moses, and he never got to enter. So there's that. Mm. Uh, So Moses died. However, we know that Elijah didn't die because Elijah was raptured. Swing low, sweet chariot. (laughs) Taken on. Yeah. and so he didn't actually die, but obviously ceased to exist on earth, I suppose. Yeah. So they both kind of came back from the dead slash, well, where did they come back from? Well, exactly. Yeah. So, so you hinted at an interesting concept there in another dimension. Mm-hmm. So trans-dimensional, I, I call it. Um, for me, especially Jesus himself was, was trans-dimensional. In other words, he was... He was break. He's often breaking the laws of physics while he was here on Earth. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the miracles uh, were outside the normal laws of physics, ch- changing water into wine, uh, multiplying yep. the bread, uh, the bread and the fishes, yep. walking on water, and really the the one for me is you know when he's he's up against the Pharisees and uh, and they're saying saying this that and the other two mm-hmm. and and, and uh, he, he's going he says uh, he says before Abraham was. Uh, I am, and they the the Pharisees mm-hmm. went ballistic mm-hmm. because although that's recorded in Greek, you're saying in Hebrew or Aramaic, probably Hebrew to them, I would think, right? Mm-hmm. And what he was saying is he was using the very name of God, I am, mm-hmm. and they they were that's it, he, they were going to kill him right then. Then, but he said, then he walked right through them, and you go, how on earth did he do that? And I honestly think they couldn't see him. I think he went, he went. out of phase into another dimension, walked straight past them isn't that incredible yeah. wow. and here we, we here we see this on the mount a transfiguration you see starting mm-hmm. glowing basically mm-hmm. yeah and and then these two rock up w- where were they where where did they come from yep mm-hmm. and why them yes see, they, yeah, they, they, they must have been trans-dimensional mm-hmm. because they weren't visible before and suddenly they they, they were mm-hmm. well moses and elijah to this day in Judaism, are the two most important figures. Did yeah. you know that? Even at the Passover, they put a glass of wine out <laughs> for, for Elijah to return. It's a bit like a glass of sherry for Santa yeah, Claus, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Could be a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of wine out. <laughs> but the two most important figures, mm-hmm. in, in, and then they're suddenly there, get this, having a conversation. Yeah, which is interesting because it means they're not just like physically visible without the conscious memory or ability to yeah. be Some, the yeah, theory of spirit like, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean look yeah. obviously Moses is a disembodied spirit because yeah. God buried his body yeah and there's the Jude verse that says in Jude 1 there's only one chapter verse 9 yeah. uh, but even the archangel Michael when he was disputing with the devil about the body of Moses did not himself dare to condemn him for slander but said the Lord rebuke you so the point there is that Michael was disputing with the devil over Moses' body. Well, so I've heard that the that God buried Moses himself 
to protect the Israelites from creating a shrine out of Moses's well, that's, grave. That's one but secondly, yeah. because there was this idea that actually Moses's body was going to be used again. Resurrected. Yeah. Well, he will be resurrected. He will yeah. be resurrected anyway, but yeah. specifically Moses, because he doesn't do this with anybody else. Okay. Specifically Moses, because of what it says in Revelation. What's going on in Revelation? About the thing, the idea that, well, no, the fact that there'll be two witnesses, oh. which aren't named, but can be Subjected interpreted to. as <laughs> Moses and Elijah. Why? So I'm off I know me. Elijah. <laughs> this is really <laughs> Elijah because because the two witnesses ah oh, there's the fire that's brought down which is what Elijah did yeah, yeah. I've got two things here there's the fire that Moses brought uh, the fire that Elijah brought down then there's the blood from the rock no blood from the river. Yeah. Blood of the river. So, no. uh, the to phrase? my memory, what it says is this. To, to the two witnesses, these are the people that are in the first half of the tribulation mm. before it becomes the great tribulation. Yeah. Or making basically the life of Antichrist a misery. Because yeah. they're, they're, they're preaching against him, doing all kinds of miracles, and boom, suddenly they get killed, aren't they? And then God raises them back up again. Yeah. But it says to one, he gave the power to call Thank down you. fire. Yeah. And to yeah. the other, he gave the power to turn Water the waters into, into blood. blood. Uh, so Moses. here's one of the most important hermeneutical points whenever you're interpreting scripture you say where have I seen this before mm. and mm. that's where you've seen it before yeah. it was both Moses and, and Elijah yeah. having those two attributes given to him see in my day there was there was a theory as well that it, w it wasn't going to be Elijah but it was going to be Enoch and the theory, oh, and the theory yeah. behind that was that because Enoch also didn't die but God took him you, mm. you yeah. talk about that yeah, didn't yeah. you Jack you know that God took him, that he didn't die, neither did Elijah, so they're both going to come back and die. Okay, uh, but, but they, that, for me, that doesn't line it's up with one who brought down fire yeah. under the return of the blood. And without, with both Moses and Elijah being the two most important figures in Judaism to this day, then I, I've got a big hunch it's probably going to be them. And there's yeah. also, I've heard it said, that it represents the two kinds of people who will be resurrected. So... The ones who oh. are already dead, oh, Moses, and the ones that are alive when the, so like, so the rapture. rapture happens. And so both of them, so there's like, here's what happens when it's, yeah. here's how it's possible when he's dead and here's how it's possible when you're still alive. You know, I've never heard that before. That's yeah. a very interesting mm. idea. Mm. Wow. Interesting. Okay. So the point is, here are two people from another dimension, one who has definitely died, one who has been effectively raptured. He must have had some kind of transition in his body in order to live in eternity. Mm. So I guess Elijah must must have been given at that point some kind of, um, well, yeah, glorified body. Well, he appears in glorious splendor. There you go. There we go. Transfiguration. Okay. So, 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 so exactly. So something had happened to him. So, But from another dimension, other than Jesus, there are two conscious souls having mm. a conversation. So it clearly does seem there's there's mm -hmm. life outside of this body, out of, outside of this yep. dimension, yeah? But what about, you know, I mean, people are fascinated by, well, they'll go to seances, they'll, they'll go to... Uh, yeah. Right. They'll go to a medium and all the rest of it. And mm. um, people are definitely fascinated with the whole concept of life. But what, what happened to... 
you know, great Uncle Horace. Is, is he still around? Is he happy? And all this sort of business going on. Anthony, mm. I think you, you, you bring us some, some strong messages and warnings with, with what you've got to say about this. Yeah, so there are some stories in the Bible where people have tried to use mediums and contact the dead. Um, and I think a lot of people do it just because to give themselves hope. They want to reach out to those loved ones just to give themselves hope. Listen, I've been bereaved on. when you're on your mm. own. I, I can understand people yeah. Yeah. feeling that way if they don't know any better. I get yeah. it, That's but it. it's not right, is it? Not mm. necessarily, no. So one incident in the Old Testament is with King Saul. Um, it's recorded in 1 Samuel. Yeah. Um, so he's king at the time of Israel. Um, and he actually loses his right to be king by doing something a bit daft. And it's a bit later on when there's another war that he gets a bit desperate. Okay. And that's where he tries to contact a medium just to get an idea of what he's supposed to be doing. So I'm going to read a few well, because, bits. Because Samuel's no longer around. Yeah, well, that's mm. it. Yeah, so yeah, okay. I'm, I'm going to read a few bits. So just give a bit of context. I'm just going to read the part in 1 Samuel 15 okay. where he does the naughty thing that stops him from being king. <laughs> This is actually titled, Saul Rejected as King. Um, So now the word of the Lord came to Samuel saying, I greatly regret that I have set up Saul as king. This is from verse 10. For he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel and he cried out to the Lord all night. Um, And the reason why he did that is because a bit later down it says, and Samuel said to him, when you were little in your own eyes, were you not head of the tribes of Israel and did not the Lord anoint you king over Israel? Now the Lord sent you a mission and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you swoop down on the spoil and do evil in the sight of the Lord? Wow. So he was commanded to go and get rid of this nation because they were doing horrific things. Yeah. And Saul allowed some of his soldiers to take some of the plunder. Um, which, which is, is what yeah, God said not to be. soiled and mm-hmm. not so acceptable to he God. fell yeah. to the pressure of his soldiers instead of listening to God. Yeah, okay. So that, that's when God said, right, that's it. Yep. You're not fit. So going a bit further ahead then to when he's contacting this medium, this is in 1 Samuel verse 28. I'm just going to get that up. And this is also titled, Saul Consults a Medium. Very handy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Helpful title. So I'll read a fair chunk of this just to keep it in its proper context. So it says, Now it happened in those days that the Philistines gathered their armies together for war to fight with Israel. Um, so this, that's the army that was coming against so the Philistines. All those nations were coming together to fight against the nation of Israel. Um, bit further, it says, Now Samuel had died, and all Israel had lamented for him and buried him in Ramah in his own city. And Saul had put the mediums and the spirits, spiritists out of the land. Then the Philistines gathered together and came and encamped in Shenem. So Saul gathered all Israel together and they encamped in Gilboa. When Saul saw the the army of the Philistines, he was afraid and his heart trembled greatly. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him, either by dreams or by Urim or by the prophets. So Saul's getting terrified of this big army. Normally, God has spoken to him and told him either to run away or to go and fight Through him. Samuel, the prophet Samuel in the past. Through prophet Samuel in the yeah, past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the rest of the story goes on with Saul disguises himself mm-hmm. and goes into the outer part of the city where he sent all these mediums and spiritists and goes mm-hmm. and inquires with one. So slightly hypocritical. Yes. Only slightly. So I'll skip ahead to where um, Samuel is being 
um, called forth by this medium. So when, then the woman said, who shall I bring up for you? And he said, bring up Samuel for me. So this is from verse 11. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice. And the woman spoke to Saul, saying, why have you deceived me? For you are Saul. And the king said to her, do not be afraid. What did you see? Because she was afraid that she was going to be killed yeah. because she'd been sent out of the city. Mm-hmm. So he said to her, what is his form? And she said, an old man is coming up, and he is covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel. And he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed down. So Samuel has come from somewhere because yeah. he's physically there. So this medium has managed to do it. Um, now Samuel said to Saul, why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? And Saul answered, I am deeply distressed for the Philistines make war against me and God has departed from me and does not answer me anymore, neither by prophets nor by dreams. Therefore, I have called you that you may reveal to me what I should do. Then Samuel said, so why do you ask me? Seeing the Lord has departed from you and has become your enemy. Ouch. And the Lord has done for himself as he spoke by me. For the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor, David. Because you did not obey the voice of the Lord, nor execute his fierce wrath upon Amalek, therefore the Lord has done this thing to you this day. Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with you into the hand of the Philistines. And tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. The Lord will also deliver the army of Israel into the hand of the Philistines. Uh oh. So after being desperate and calling Samuel through a medium, there's a very big damnation upon him there, saying that you're going to be overthrown by these people and you're going to be with me. Can I I just throw something in here? Years ago, I used to hear people say, well, this couldn't really have been Samuel. It was a demon spirit Mm. that comes through mediums that trick people. Have you ever heard these kind of arguments? Yeah. And, and maybe that is so with, 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 with a lot of that stuff. However, this is not what's being said here, is it? No. It, it the, the, I mean, <laughs> one of the worst things you can do in hermeneutics is something called eisegesis. Mm. Exegesis means to bring out. Eisegesis means to read in. Mm-hmm. And if you start reading into this and saying, well, it must have been a demon, what? Where does it say that? He, he said was, a he, demon came he, up. He was recognized as exactly. Samuel as well. It was, it was him, wasn't it? Appearance. So unless the demon had a very good counterfeit, he was still, but, he, he but, spoke with authority. But he doesn't, he doesn't say it was a demon, it said it was Samuel. Yeah. And besides which, would a demon warn Saul in the way that he didn't give him a right tell it off and, and, and no, bring... No, spiritually. Do, yeah. do you know what I'm trying yeah. to say? I, I, mm. oh, surely a demon would... So I, it, it, it's clearly... According to the Bible, Samuel. Yeah, I have got no idea how that works. Yeah. All I know is that's what the Bible says. And the Bible says it is wrong to do this. And mm. and besides which, Samuel says, right, mate, because you've done this, you're going to be with me tomorrow. You, you and, your, and son. your sons. And your sons. Oh. Thank you very much. Yeah. Here's the point. It was Samuel. He, had, he was conscious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was speaking, and he's even saying to Saul and his sons, you're going to be with me tomorrow. In other words, there'll be a place where there is consciousness, a place, mm-hmm. not, not oblivion, mm-hmm. not shield, death, oblivion, soul sleep, none of mm-hmm. that business, but they're alive, aren't they? 
Well, I say, I'm saying, another dimension. Says, why, why have you disturbed me? So he was obviously doing something. Yeah. But there's Bye. a few more passages as well which um, disregard going and looking for mediums and looking for people after death and things. So you've got, got just a couple of passages here. So Leviticus 19.31 said, Give no regard to mediums and familiar spirits. Do yeah. not seek after them. Yeah. To be defiled by them, yeah. I am the Lord your God. Yeah. Leviticus 20 verse 6 said, And yeah. the person who turns to mediums and familiar spirits to prostitute himself with them, I will set my face against that person and cut him off from his people. Which means to kill them, yeah. That's yeah. It. And then last one, Deuteronomy 18 That's verse the 10. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire. Basically, don't kill your own children. Yeah. Or one who practices witchcraft yeah. or a soothsayer or one who interprets omens or a sorcerer or one who conjures spells, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. Yeah. For all who do these things are an abomination I, to the Lord. Look, that's so in your face. You can't, you can't be more clear than that. No, no, okay. no, no. Do not do this. Yeah. God really yeah. doesn't like it. So they exist, but mm-hmm. you're not to mingle with them. Yes. Don't mm-hmm. mess with this at all. Fair enough. Yeah. See, 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 so there is evidence of conscious existence outside the body. In the Bible, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, there's no such thing as soul sleep. Have you heard that? Mm-hmm. The idea mm-hmm. of soul sleep. It's what the Jehovah's Witnesses believe that they believe that uh, when you die, your body goes to Sheol, the grave. Mm-hmm. They're quite right; it does, or mm-hmm. cremation, or same thing. Okay, so the body basically ceases to function or to exist, mm-hmm. and therefore your soul goes to sleep. Until the day of the resurrection, so they say. That's simply not true, okay? Your body might be in sleep until the resurrection, mm-hmm. but you are not. Mm-hmm. Your soul is not. It's quite clear that we're seeing consciousness beyond, yeah. beyond the grave time after time here, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah. Jack... You, you you got a story for us to, to read to us, you mate? I have. So I want to read the story of the rich man and Lazarus. Um, and this is Luke 16, verse 19 to 31. And it says, There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was, a laid, was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side, which is interesting, we'll come back mm. to that. The rich man also died and was buried in Hades, where he was in torment. He looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been set in place. So those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered then, I beg, I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them, so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, "They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to let them listen to them." No, Father Abraham, he said. But if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said. 
to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. Wow. What a story. But, I mean, yeah. And the important word, I guess, is story. There's obviously a view out there that it's a parable, and it's a, a, what? Okay. a parable that's going alongside something to explain something that it isn't. Yeah, so, right. so, so that we get the word parable from two Greek words. Para, meaning as in parallel, para, alongside. Yeah. Okay? And um, and then bole, which means to throw, or ballistic, was where we get the word ballistic. Mm-hmm. So a parable was to throw a story alongside an, to give, give an earthly story to what to, to understand what that heavenly, heavenly meaning. Yeah. So does it say it was a parable? Well, it, it doesn't say, and, G, and it's not said. Usually, Jesus would have said, "Here's a parable." Like I don't know, we, mm-hmm. there's loads of parables in the Bible. Go and look at them. But and here, he, he doesn't on, say then, that it's a then parable. Then he'd go on to explain them. Yeah. Often to yeah, his yeah. disciples. Yeah, they? yeah. Like he would go, he would go on to explain the heavenly meaning behind this earthly story, right? Like that, like he'd throw alongside, mm-hmm. like Tony said. Mm-hmm. But here, it's just uh, a story. And I actually think, like, it could be, like, an account that yeah. Jesus is saying. Well, Jesus, I definitely think it yeah. is an account. Yeah, Jesus is something saying, let, let me tell you something that happened. Yeah. You know, it's a bit like, not a testimony, but he's saying this is, a, this is something History. that's happened, yeah? Yeah, like, this is a true thing. And um, something that I was reading, so it, it talks about Hades, which we spoke about before. Yeah. Now, haven't we? A little bit, yeah. If, but it, basically, it's made up of two sides, which we can see, which is the place of torment, which where the rich man is, and Abraham's bosom, which we've spoke about being heaven. Or um, paradise. Or paradise, yeah. yeah. So we spoke about that. And um, the idea that it can't be passed through, right? So, like, the rich man's asking, please, or help me, anything, anything that you can do. And actually, yeah. God says, no, no passing through. It's, if you're on one side, it's eternal. And if you're on the other side, it's eternal right. There's wow. A, a, that's a, a view, and I think it's right. Yeah. Do you really think yeah. there's this place of torments then? I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. it's referred to Gehenna. Have you heard of that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jehovah's Witnesses have gone about that a lot, Gehenna. Mm-hmm. And Gehenna was uh, derived from a word, Hemnon, which was mm-hmm. at the, in the Hemnon Valley <coughs> in Jerusalem. It's basically the rubbish tip. Yep. where they used to set fire to, to all, all, all the rubbish and it was continually burning and got associated with the idea of the place of torments mm-hmm. and what we come to think of as hell. So what you're saying to me, if this is a real story, then there is a place of bliss and there is a place of torment. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and there is, it's like two places that are clearly a place where it's not, something that will end because the person knows that he's there and he knows he's fake because he says, war my brothers, right? He's saying, I'm, right. I'm, st- I'm stuck here, right? But war my brothers. So he also knows who he is because he knows he's got brothers, right? That's right. maybe, maybe I'm speculating now, but like, right, he, right, I know that on me because I've got a brother and I've got a sister, right? So I know who I am. This is heavy, Jack. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it is heavy. And it is like a difficult topic to really suggest that. Can't ignore it though. No, you can't. But it's it is a, a sore subject. I think that actually what I'm saying is that your destination, it, depending on what you want to decide to do, if you want to follow Jesus or you don't, it's it's a sealed fate, right? That um, that Je- well, Jesus is saying it, right? See, that's so I can't argue with you. So what we're saying is hell is a real place. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Gehenna bit, the, the torments or whatever it is, okay, mm-hmm. 
Um, do you realize that Jesus talks about this subject more than any other subject in the New Testament? Are you aware of that? Mm-hmm. Well, why would he do that? Because it's a very real threat. Yeah, uh, yeah and, and, and actual fact, it's the reason the Son of God has come. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and you know, so Jesus talks about hell and, and who goes there. Let me read you some well-known scripture. Mm-hmm. And then I'll stop and pause, and then I'll read the, the the bit everybody reads. But then I'm going to read you the bit that comes immediately after it. Mm-hmm. So we have the wonderful scripture, John three sixteen and onwards. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not, what, perish, but have mm-hmm. everlasting life. So there's the notion of perishing and everlasting life. Mm-hmm. Then he goes on to say this. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. So those two verses is what always gets quoted and how wonderful they are. Mm -hmm. But already there's a connotation in the first verse uh, that uh, whoever believes in him should not perish. What's Mm. this perishing thing? Mm. But have everlasting life. You're not just fading out into oblivion. We've already demonstrated this consciousness mm-hmm. after we die. So it's got to mean something else, right? Yeah. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Then here's the bit nobody ever reads. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. Whoa. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their their deeds were evil for everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come into the light lest his deeds should be exposed but he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in god there's the whole scripture he's talking to nicodemus Mm-hmm. The teacher of Israel about this, mm-hmm. so we've had the, all the, the we're going to get all the stuff about being born again, all the rest of it, mm-hmm. and then that comes right there, right at the beginning. Yeah, that's the bit that we've got to start facing up to. Whoever believes shall not per- perish. Conversely, those who reject Christ will perish. Mm-hmm. That's what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. Or am I reading this wrong? No, no, it's no, no, like it. plain, simple reading. So There's two places mentioned. Is that good yeah. hermeneutics? Yeah. yeah. I believe so. Oh, okay. But honestly, it's not very palatable. No. Not very nice. No. About 15, maybe 20 years ago, um, <laughs> there was a controversial book that came out by Rob Bell, and I am naming him tonight, Rob Bell, mm. called Love Wins, and I read it. I was utterly shocked. Because it's almost that it is in complete denial of these scriptures, mm. saying that God is God is a God of love. Is He a God of love? Well, yeah. Mm. God so loved the world that He did the ultimate thing. He sent His only Son. Mm-hmm. Hang on a minute. There are conditions attached to this. Mm. Yeah. But in this book, um, Love Wins, he tries to demonstrate this idea, what was come to be known as Anthony Universalism. Yeah. That's it. And as I say, what we've looked at so far does seem to go against it. But I'll give you a bit of a background of universalism. Yeah, please do. 
Um, so it was made popular mainly in the late 1700s. Um, and there was a universalist called Thomas Whitmore who had this to say. It was around in the early 1800s. He said, the sentiment by which universalists are distinguished is this, that at last every individual of the human race shall become holy and happy. So they... I think it's because of this unpalatableness yeah. of this message yeah. of that people will perish for eternity. Yeah. They don't see a loving God as having that nature. So there must be some way for these people to eventually get okay. saved. So mm-hmm. the belief is that nobody is going to end up in hell for eternity. Everyone eventually will be saved. Uh, isn't that sort of got mm. overtones of purgatory? Yeah. Well, that's it. Some people, there are a few different versions out there. Um, now they also believe that the idea of an eternal hell was added in the writings during the second century and it's all due to this mistranslation of the Greek word eon okay. um, which is when it's translated to Latin it's commonly translated into aeternum <laughs> which is where we get our eternal yeah. word from yeah. um, and they, they're putting it all down to this one guy called Tutilian Tertullian. Yeah, yeah, who yeah. mainly wrote in Latin, and when he yeah. came across the Aeon word, he always referred to it as eternity. So that's their loose leg they're trying to stand on. Yeah, he was a, um, a, a bishop in North Africa, Carthage, yeah. about second century. Yeah. He was, he was second century. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And according to the new Shaf- Herzog Encyclopedia of Religious Knowledge, yeah. which was, came out in 1912, they define universalists as this. It says, universalists say that during the first 500 years of Christian history, there were six main theological schools, of which four they deem were universalist, which is the Alexandria, the Antioch, the Caesarean, and the Edessa Nisibis. Mm-hmm. They said that one teaches conditional immortality, which was the Ephesus one, mm-hmm. and only one taught eternal hell, which was the Roman, Rome one. Mm-hmm. But the encyclopedia also states that most contemporary scholars would take issue with those four being classified as universalist. Okay. So is it true? Is universalism is it true? true? <laughs> That's what people are here for. Oh, well, is it true? The universalists would turn to the scriptures where it talks about God's nature, not wanting anyone to be lost, yeah. that he wants everyone to be Peter, saved. Yeah, yeah. And they would say that the idea of an eternal hell would go against this eternal loving nature. Mm-hmm. However, there are many passages which talk about the, main, the eternal separation uh, and it, the, there's no chance of reconciliation. So that story we've just heard about Lazarus and the rich man, mm-hmm. yeah. there's no mention there saying you're only going to be here for a time and then you're going to go yeah. to mm-hmm. Abraham's bosom where the beggar went. Yeah. It's very final. It's just very stark warning. Um, the, Go- the Gospel Co- Coalition had a, a good passage on universalism, and they had some of these things to say. It says that Jesus speaks of this reality as losing one soul which was referenced in Mark 8, 36. You're also denied by him, which is Mark mm-hmm. 8, 38, and also about doors shutting, yeah. which is Matthew 25. Yeah. And the New Testament stresses an urgency of decision in yeah. this life while it is still possible. Right. Or else face exclusion in the age to come. Yeah. It's appointed that the man wants to die. Well, that's it. And, the, and a lot of yeah. Jesus' parables were to this nature. So you've got the parable of the wheat and the tares, yeah. the good fish and the bad fish, wise and foolish virgins, which we've talked on before, the sheep and the goats, and all of these are spoken in very stark terms. And there's no hint of these destinations being reversed or or anything like that. And there's one particular passage that I think sums this up well, and it's from 2 Thessalonians um, chapter 1, 
and it's verses 6 to 10. It says this, God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might on the day he comes to be glorified in his holy people. Um, I I don't think we can argue with this. It can't be more clear-cut than that. So everlasting destruction and yep. shut out from the presence of the Lord. Come on. There's mm. no mention of reconciliation there that people have... Uh, so, okay, yeah. so it's one th- it's one thing to be shut out from the presence of God, mm-hmm. um, which is bad enough in itself, and the rich mm-hmm. man was shut out yeah. f- from crossing over. Mm-hmm. But it, is it this place of Gehenna, mm. um, or does... Or does the soul get annihilated? So, in other words, yeah. wouldn't a loving God just wipe them out, put them mm-hmm. back into oblivion from whence they came before they were born? Yeah. Jack, you Yeah, so I've been doing some research into annihilationism. Right. Is that how you say well, it? Better explain yeah. what that means. Yeah, so it, it's the view that basically hell isn't a eternal state, like you said, and actually it, your soul, when if... You know, it's like in the book of life, you go to Revelation, read all that kind of stuff where they're into the lake of fire. It's actually saying you're just, you're done, you're annihilated, you're just no longer, there's no existence there. And actually eternal life is eternal, but eternal torment isn't eternal, which I mean, take of that what you will. Like that's the kind of view, isn't it? That the eternal life bit, that's palatable. So we, we all believe that. But when it comes to the eternal torment, maybe that's a bit not palatable. So actually annihilationism is a good way to cover that up and say, actually, oh, no, 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 it, it's fine. And there is an argument for it, and people use Matthew 10, verse 28, and it says, do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in right. hell. Okay. And I've been doing some research into this because read that verse, you could easily understand why they understand that. But the Greek, I'm going all Tony on you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is is the, the the meaning of it is to deliver into eternal misery. Really? So that's what I've basically uh, wow. read on it, and emphasis on the word eternal in that, right? And there's arguments against this view, which is Matthew 25, verse 46, and it talks about eternal punishment and righteous eternal life, and the same Greek is used for both eternal, okay. right? So my yeah. yeah, my point is that actually. If you're arguing that eternal life is eternal, with this verse, you saying that eternal torment and eternal separation from God isn't eternal. You're you're arguing actually the same word that's been used for eternal life with God can be taken away and annihilated as well. Oh, I see your point. So, So, yeah. That's my point. And then that then devalues the eternal life of God. And then... Well... You say that it's interesting in, in the book of Revelation, it says uh, um, that the, 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 the blessed, what did you say? Blessed are those who are raised in the first resurrection, yep. which is at the time of the rapture, and will not experience the second death because there's going to be a, a second resurrection. Mm-hmm. At the end of the age of the millennium, when all the dead will be raised and judged before the great white throne of God. Yeah. You don't want to be judged at the great white throne, no. right? 
because it then says that they'll be subject to lack of fire. Uh, well, lack of fire, yeah. or it's referred to as the second death. Yeah. But it's not like, boom, you're dead. It means what exactly what you're saying mm -hmm. that it's a place of misery. Yeah. It's ongoing, eternal death. Mm -hmm. So, in other words, we're talking about life after death. There's actually death after death, mm. which is horrendous. Yeah. And people need to hear this. That, that, that this is a truth in eternity. Mm -hmm. This is these are conscious states, and this is the very reason that Jesus came mm -hmm. to wash away our sins, so that we wouldn't we would be taken away from the wrath that wrath yeah. in eternity. Mm -hmm. and, and and that's the good news of the gospel. You do not have to face this, mm -hmm. right, Joe? Yeah, I was gonna just build on that a bit actually and just bring it back to that point that like the whole reason that exists is because that is what we deserve and Jesus frees us from that by yeah. going to the cross taking all of that mm -hmm. us then believing in him yeah. and so in order for God to stay a just God there has to be hell because of the wires one why did Jesus come yeah. to yeah, like why would I even to be need avoided. a savior yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and yeah. In, mm -hmm. in order for it to be like uh, Actually, it, it's the just thing that if we deserve punishment, there is mm -hmm. punishment, which is really unpalatable, but it's, he's made it as accessible as possible to avoid that, what else which could is he to believe done? in him. What's like, there's no do? works. It is just belief that gets you there, that mm -hmm. what he did was enough for you to then. So, yeah, it's, it's great, <laughs> but like... So what happens to the believer when, when yeah. they die then? Mm -hmm. So Paul says in Second Corinthians 5... Um, he says, uh, so we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, well, pleased rather to be absent from the body and be present from the Lord. So there's this idea that when we're alive, yes, we're at home in the body, but absent from the Lord. Yet when we die, we will be absent from the body and present with the Lord. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so what happens when a believer dies, they're present with the Lord. And until Paradise. the resurrection, Paradise, yeah. haven't got bod a body, but... We're absent from the body and see, present with the Lord. You see, at the moment, when a, when a Christian dies, mm. they're actually still disembodied spirits, aren't they? Mm. Until the resurrection. Yeah. But they are conscious because they're in paradise. Yeah. Yeah. So I used to ask myself this question. Um, <laughs> what's the point of being resurrected from the dead when I'm already with God? Have you ever thought about that? Mm. And it's like, what do, do, do I need to? Well, yeah, you do, because... It says that, that, that Jesus was raised from the dead. He conquered death. Scripture says that the last enemy to be defeated is not the devil. Mm -hmm. It's death. Mm. Death is the ultimate enemy of God. It's okay, yeah. Death is an insult to God himself. So he is not going to allow that into his presence in eternity at all. It's not going to happen. That's why, the number one, the resurrection for every soul, when Jesus says he's the firstborn from the dead in the book of Revelation, mm -hmm. that we will be raised up to have a body like his. Mm. And we'll be transformed. No, but we're already with God. That's true. But the reason is, number one, to conquer death. Number two is that we were created as tripartite beings. Yeah. It says at the, book, at the end of the book of Thessalonians, it talks about, I pray that God will keep you well in your body, your soul, and your spirit. Mm -hmm. Right? Or to the Thessalonians. And if you think about it, we are created in exactly the image of God. Okay? Yeah. yeah. 
So our body maps to Jesus, yeah. came in flesh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Our soul ma- maps uh, to, to, the to the Father, mm-hmm. to the soul, to the intellect, to the creative power, and the spirit maps to yeah. the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, my body is the vehicle by which I live in the realm of, of space-time, three mm-hmm. dimensions plus time, yeah, mm-hmm. four dimensions, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the vehicle by which I live here. My spirit, on the other hand, is the vehicle by which I live in eternity. Mm. And we are exactly the image of God. If you think about it, because we lose our bodies because of death, the enemy of God, we're not a tripod being like in his image anymore. God's going, no, I'm not having that. I'm going to give you a new glorified body, just like Jesus, so that you can live with me. Yes, you're in a conscious state, but now in a complete state as yeah, well. Yeah, that's incredible. Mm. What about that? That's going to make us complete. The great eternal hope that we have. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yep. Do you know what I'm going to do? Yeah. I'm going to actually pray a prayer right now. Mm. We haven't done this on this podcast before, but I think we've covered some really very important ground tonight that's tough, mm. but needs to be said. But there may be somebody listening out there who thinks, whoa, I don't know if I'm going to heaven or not. So I'm, if you're listening on the podcast or you, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to pray a prayer that this one simple prayer could be, could well, it will seal your eternal destiny. And I'm appealing to you tonight. If you don't know Jesus, as Lord said, you, you heard the truth tonight. This is the prayer that you need to pray. Should we bow our heads yeah, and pray for these folks? Yeah, Father, we come to you tonight. And we thank you that you sent your only son to die on a cross because of our sin. Lord, I am sorry for my sin. Please wash me clean through the blood that Christ spilt. Father, I ask you to come into my heart by the Holy Spirit. Forgive me and give me a new life, Lord. And today, I am choosing to make Christ the Lord of my life. Mm. And I'm going to follow him from now on. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Now, if somebody's listening out there, what I would say to you is this. You can put comments. You might just want to tell us in the comments that, you know what? I said yes to Jesus. Come on. And I certainly do believe there's life after death. God bless you. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. We have loved going deeper into the Word of God on the Deeper Podcast. Make sure you stay tuned on all the socials. Where can they find us, Jack? You can find us on Spotify. Instagram. YouTube and Apple Music. Anywhere really you can get a podcast and make sure you do watch it on YouTube. And thanks for being with us tonight and listening in. I hope you've enjoyed us. Why don't you join us next time? Cheers.